mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey guys, welcome back to Marriage and Martinis. I'm Adam. Here's Danielle. Hi. Anxiety. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> I, I, it's so funny because I feel like you would come on to say, all right, we want to learn about anxiety. Watch What About Bob and As Good yes. As It Gets and that'll be your education. Oh, God. That's what I want to do right now. Right. Those are such good movies. Right. And if you haven't seen them, honestly, I think it's fair to say watch those movies to get an idea of what OCD and anxiety well, is on a comical level, but yeah. at least it gives you an insight into, if you know nothing about this. Yeah, there aren't a whole lot of movies out there that tackle, you know, this like on a regular level. I mean, there's right, but those movies two, about to, they're great They do movies. it perfectly. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no, they're fun to watch. They're great. I mean, Bill Murray, Jack Nicholson, what can you... I mean... Yeah, they're they're both great movies if you haven't seen either of they them. They should do a movie together where they like those two movies merge. The two characters. Yeah. They should do uh, where they end up in like a psychiatric ward together or something. <laughs> oh, the uh, two Cook of them. Is next. That Cook was uh, Jack Nest, Nicholson. Right, that was Jack Nicholson too. I yeah. just watched um, Howie Mandel's new stand-up because, you know, he has huge OCD uh-huh. and huge... And, you know, Half of his act is about. He was one of the first celebrities to yes. actually admit that he suffered from debil- debilitating, and his really is debilitating. His is like enormous. It's watch the act is really good. Yeah, literally half of his act is talking about his issues, his OCDs, oh, his I have problems. To watch it. And is Netflix? I, yeah, oh. yeah. It's a ne- um, was it Netflix? Might have been HBO. Oh, all right, I don't remember. For it. Yeah. Um, but no, watch it. You'll like it. Okay. Yeah, it's really yeah, good. Yeah, he talks about it. Howard Stern, I know, has really bad OCD. He's spoken about it. Um, who was the guy who did uh, Double Dare? Mark Summers? Mark Summers. He has it really, really oh, badly. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, there were a lot, a lot of people who, who, who came out, I think, like b- early, early on before mo- a lot of celebrities <laughs> came out. <laughs> what? It, it, isn't it funny that I don't know any celebrities' names? But you know Mark. But, but the host of Double Dare? Right. That's the top of my list. I got that one. That is really telling. <laughs> that is really telling. Yes. Um, yeah, so it, there are celebrities now. I mean, now everybody comes out and I feel like is is very honest and open about it. A lot of people. I don't hear as many people talking about medication as I would oh, like. No? No, I, I don't know. I feel it's more about 
postpartum and coming to coming out to say that you have anxiety or depression or whatever i i don't hear a lot of celebrities talking about being on medication maybe i'm missing that or maybe they're not uh but i would imagine that more of them are than admit to but uh i would like that to be the next turn that people start really talking openly about being on medication and what process they went through because I do think that there's still I know I know personally people in my life who are really suffering because they have not wanted to go on medication and we'll get into all of that um but uh but yeah so uh, oh so I wanted to tell a little story from this week talking about anxiety because here is where sort of and I don't think I'm alone in this I think just sometimes in our mind, your 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 thoughts just get a hold of you, and you can't get them under control. But I maybe for me, it's it's more than most. But I can't. I mean, you don't like massages. You don't ever go and get massages, no, right? Okay. So, and I'm uh, I like except for my feet. Yeah, you like, I like your, my feet. You like okay. a foot massage. Yeah. Well, so anyway, so there's a local place that everybody goes to now. It's very popular around here where you can go and get a really inexpensive, really good massage. Um, it's torture. No, it's, it's not. Torture. It's I fantastic. can't go there. It hurts so much. Right, I know. <laughs> it, and I, that's what I like. I like like I really hard pressure. Like I like when they, I feel like they're kicking the crap out of you. Oh, it's so painful. It's so good. So th- I went this week. I was driving around that area and I was like, you know what? I haven't been in a couple months. I think I'm going to stop and get like a 20 or a 30 minute chair massage, you know, where you can just like run in, sit in that weird chair where they like stuff your face into the, at that place they have that. Yeah, they have it. So I, I go in and I'm like, hi, like a 20 or 30 minute chair massage. And they're like, Oh, we don't have a chair open, but we have a room available. Uh, you know, this place is like it's it's weird in that the massages mostly all happen in this one open room. You sit in like this recliner. Yeah, that's another reason I don't like it because yeah. everybody's together. Yeah, like you you could watch each other getting. Well, but nobody's mm-hmm. watching each other. You're, you're not watching, there. but you're out in the right, open. It's like twenty people in a room together, and everybody's getting a massage. And separated then you lay, by a curtain. Separated by a curtain, and then you lay down, and they do your feet. I don't know. It's like a fun team effort I'm not, it's like a, i guess anyway so i was like all right well i don't want to leave i really want a massage so it's like fine i'll go into a room so i get into the room and i realize as i'm getting you know they leave you to get undressed i realize that i don't have any underwear on because oh. I, I don't usually wear underwear uh side note <laughs> so so i'm like oh crap i'm like all right and i'm during a massage i know a lot of people don't wear underwear i don't like that that's actually one time that i do wear underwear i like to wear underwear during a massage mm. i just feel uncomfortable being completely naked so i'm like all right fine so i get completely undressed i'm butt naked i lay down on the thing i put the the blanket over like the bottom half of my body and it's a heat wave outside it's really hot so the guy comes in and he doesn't speak English very well. So he he starts massaging me. He puts like a fleece blanket over the top half of my body, like almost like and covering almost my head too. I'm sweating so badly. He's like massaging me over the fleece Ew. blanket. Was that- I don't know why. I don't know if it's because he has he's so strong and has so much pressure that he thought maybe the that that's what he does because he doesn't want to hurt somebody, but he uses a lot of pressure. Meanwhile, I lay, I'm always like harder, stronger. Yeah, but a, a massage over a blanket, a fleece blanket at that. Yeah, that so, sounds bizarre. okay. So I'm sitting there and I'm sort of like, oh, all right. 
I want to ask him to take this blanket off the top half of my body, but he doesn't speak English very well. <laughs> Is he going to think that I want him to take the blanket off my entire body and then I'm going to be like totally butt naked there on the table? Like I don't know how to communicate with him. So I'm sitting there the whole time and I'm like, and then if I ask him to take the blanket off, there's like this sign in the room that says, please don't ask. What does it say? Please don't ask our masseuses to do anything inappropriate. Yeah, like no sexual favors. Yeah, please don't ask our like they they make it very clear like yeah. don't. And then I'm like, oh my god, is he gonna think if he takes off this blanket and now I'm butt naked, is he gonna think I'm like expecting some kind of? So my mind is just going like I start tossing. Meanwhile, I'm sweating under this blanket. All I want to do is have him take it off. I didn't enjoy the massage at all. It was awful. But like my OCD got the better of me because I probably could have just been like, you know, what, let, let's just put this blanket down like halfway and it would have all been fine. But I went from like feeling like I want to ask him to take off the blanket to, oh, my God, he's going to think I want to have sex with him. <laughs> like that's where my mind. Well, yeah, like, I get that. I know. It's crazy. Any regular person would have been like, you know what, dude, well, let's just take this blanket down. We're just going to put this down, you know. But I, in my mind, go from like A to Z like crazy. All right. I have a question. This mm -hmm. might be a huge side tangent here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why is that okay? What? You can be in a room butt n buck naked. Butt naked. But no, it's buck. B U K B U C K. Buck naked. Isn't maybe. it buck naked? Butt naked. It could <laughs> be either because you butt naked yeah. too. You're allowed to be in a room. No, I didn't want to be butt naked. Okay, but I wanted to have underwear on. Okay, but you were. And you're in a room completely naked with another man touching you. Okay, come on. And this is not just for you because I know a. I'm going back to the strip club thing, okay? And I'm not defending. I'm not a strip club guy. I, I, I'm not defending them. I'm using that as a comparison. So all you women out there who I know have well, a problem. A lot of I've men have get massages too. Do they get naked too like that? Like what you have? Probably. That's what a massage is. Okay, so that's okay. That's just because that's what a massage is? Yes. Or like versus a guy who goes to a strip club and sees some boobs and... Typically, no, there's because no I touching. Don't, I'm not, no... I don't care who the masseuse is. I don't care yeah, but, what he but, looks like. I don't, I'm not looking. I, I actually like move my hands in as close to my body as possible to make sure that I don't naked? like accidentally brush against him or. Okay, but you're naked in a room with another man touching you. Come on. Really? Uh, really? I mean, come no. on. All right, we'll do a poll about it. Okay. It's like, I think it's I, a ridiculous comparison. I do too. Okay. I agree with you. So then why are you even bringing it up? Because it's ridiculous to think that being naked in a room with another man touching you is on the same, is on par with like, what? it's, it's uh, like, think about it. Like the way I'm saying it, you're in a room, you're naked and another man is touching you. Yeah. No, that's right? not, not nearly the same thing. I no know way. it's not. It's way worse. Oh, you're crazy. Cause I, because you're going and looking at somebody's boobs to be turned on. I'm going oh, to, well, first of all, you're not, you're not there to like turn on and get turned on and like jerk off in front of her. Like that's not the point of it. So you're not getting there. You're not going there to get turned on. Like I don't feel like if for the four times in my life I was at a strip club, I was turned on. It's just entertainment. Okay, but th that I don't, I don't like it. You don't it. get that. You don't like it. You don't get it, right? I think the I think you equating that to getting okay. a massage is that's maybe only, I'm wrong. I mean, maybe I listen. I, well, first I, of all, that's I'm the wrong. only thing I can think of in my head. So that's that's what it goes to. Like I said, I I swear to everybody, I'm not a strip club guy. I'm really not. I'm using that because that's been a thing of our past, mm -hmm. and that's 
the first thing that comes to my mind. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm using. So no, in that moment, I felt totally uncomfortable too. I did not like being there with no underwear on, and that. But I know a lot of people do it because it's not a sexual experience at all. I'm not personally right. not not. I get that. Right. I understand that. So anyway, right, but keep going. But, yeah. Okay, but anyway, so I was just like, by the time I was done, my head had gone to 18 different places rather than just being like, can we just move this? this towel down like a little you know this blanket down a little bit so i'm not sweating my ass off and but i have to make it into something so much bigger than that in my head yeah i understand that. you know like i get into a situation and my mind and a little bit i think that's ocd a little bit i think that can happen to anybody but um but i can take any situation and just make it i don't think that was ocd that's that's kind of right 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 maybe not but it makes sense. That's how my life has gone, where I have taken situations that were, you know, nothing and made yes. them into huge catastrophic. Well, yeah, events. that's a th- so that's a that's a realistic concern for you to have at the time. I don't know. Was but, he really going to think I wanted to have sex? With no, him? but the OCD and the anxiety elevate the way you feel about it versus mm-hmm. a normal person who would be like, oh, this is. Like exactly. kind of uncomfortable, right. like I'm not into Most it. Most people would just be like, this sucks. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I want my money back, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, and, I, and I'm like worried that he thinks I'm like coming on to him. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So so we'll, I want to recap a little bit about my OCD. We, we did the OCD episode back, way back in the beginning. And uh, I think people have always asked for us to do more. A little recap about I have a... Um, obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety and when you have one of these things you're also prone to depression you're you know you're prone to all of these other aspects of mental illness that it, it's all kind of, can be a package deal sometimes and um my ocd spiked or peaked when i was pregnant and i went off my medication mm-hmm. uh, at the um at the guidance of my OBGYN who told me that I should not be pregnant and be on medication, which we now know, or I now know. Uh, again, I, we're not experts. I'm talking about my experience. We're not doctors. doctors. We don't play on, on TV. We are, <laughs> <laughs> we are just people who have gone through it ourselves. And um, so I went off my medication. Huge mistake. I didn't research it. I just took the advice of my doctor. I was only 26 at the time. And uh, um, it was a tailspin from there. I just went completely out of control. And um, so, yeah, so I... Well, yeah, if you want to know the stories and everything about that, listen to the OCD episode. Yeah, you can listen. And I'll go through some of it again. But uh, but for, I don't know, it was about five or six months, uh, you know, I couldn't leave my bedroom. I couldn't leave my house. Nobody understood. I cut off all ties with everybody. I had to quit my job. Um, I was a teacher. I like left suddenly in the middle of the year. Um, it was really uh, probably the scariest time of my life. And yeah, my, mine too. And yours too. Yeah. And you were young and, uh, you know, you couldn't really understand oh, not what at was all. Ha- yeah. happening. I've never seen that before. I didn't know what right. OCD was. Right. Which is kind of a bad thing too. Like the fact that, and I didn't really even know what was happening. I didn't even know what it was. Like a lot of times I think when people get these illnesses or when you know somebody who has one, you know, it, because it's not so talked about, it makes it hard to understand. But if we sort of, all knew on a general level that it was a thing and that we uh, that it can happen to anybody, then we would maybe know better how to jump in and help somebody. 
Yes. So, um, yeah, so that's that that was sort of what happened. And um, I wanted to talk about also from the perspective of, you know, to be a spouse and live with somebody who has um, mental illness. And you've gone through your periods of having extreme anxiety, too. But I think yours was more brought on by, for instance, your dad being sick or the death of your father. Like, I don't think you suffer from anxiety. No, that's what I was actually I have here is that our anxieties are different. Your, yours is more of an OCD anxiety where you have anxiety about things that are, I don't want to say not true, but you make yourself think are true. Oh, well, I have actually had completely, I mean, they do equate it to hallucinations almost. Like, for instance, yeah. when you have, there's a such thing as hit and run OCD where you'll be driving and you'll all of a sudden be like, did I hit somebody? And nobody's there. You know when you hit somebody with right. your car and you and you turn back around and you drive back around and you do it again and you do it again or I mean it could you can do that with anything and it really is almost like hallucinating. You, right. You 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 have anxiety about things that you, you either hallucinated about or you are so minute but you bring it up to a level that is debilitating for debilitating for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where my anxiety stems from like real tangible situations, like you just said, with my dad when he got sick, or mm-hmm. financial issues that we have, or you know anything that's happening in our lives that almost everybody gets nervous about, has maybe a little bit of anxiety about. But mine again was escalated to a point where it was debilitating for me. Debilitating? I'm having trouble with that word. Mm-hmm. Debilitating, right? Mm-hmm. That it was debilitating for me, and it got to an extreme. So, and it got to an extreme for a while because you wouldn't deal with it and you wouldn't tackle it. Like you were, you you just kind of not ignored it, but you masked it with alcohol or with escaping and going to Atlantic city or you didn't approach it, you know, and I did that for a little while too. I refused to get help for a little while when I was, because I didn't want to leave my house that getting help meant leaving my house. Yeah. But mine was new to me. Like I never had anxiety that I knew of. Mm-hmm. I never had any kind of anxiety or any kind of anything until three to four years ago. I'm 42 years old. I'm 41. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the time this comes out, maybe I'll be 42. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so for all of my life, I've never dealt with knowing what anxiety was. It doesn't run in your family. No. So this is this is very new to me. So yes, number one, I didn't handle it because I didn't know what it was. And that's kind of why I kept coming to you because you did. You've dealt with this. So I, I was coming to you for comfort for me. Well, you were coming to me for comfort because you wouldn't deal with it. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the night, it would escalate and you would be freaking out and you would need somebody to calm you down. And I was the person there to calm you down. Yeah. You would come in in, in a sweat, shaking um, I mean, having panic attacks, yeah. like in the middle of the night, it was always in the middle of the night you would wake up. Yeah. Because also I've had for a long time, I've had like a slight anxiety about sleep and that's been going on for a long time where I get very nervous that I'm not going to sleep that night and that that keeps me up because I'm so, and that happens every once in a while. Like it doesn't happen. And then for like the next week I don't sleep because I'm thinking about it. It's like one night randomly out of nowhere. And then that on top of the real anxiety I was having. So I was nervous about 
whatever it was the situation was, I was nervous about not being able to sleep. And then that was like, that brought it on to the sweats, to the shaking, to the, you know, to the extreme fear that I was, you know, trying to face. And that's when I would come to you and look to you to bring me down. Right. And in that moment, all that does, it's sort of like the same thing with OCD. In that moment, all it does is then I would calm you down. You would go back to bed, but nothing would get resolved. You would come in the next night and it would happen again. It was, you know, you. you, I I don't think it was a repetitive. I think it was a random. No, it would happen. It happened a lot more than you remember. Yeah. Yeah. For a little while, it was almost every night. It was a lot because. I don't remember that. Yeah, it, it was for a long for a while when your dad was really sick. Um, and I think it's the same thing with OCD where I would, for the beginning, when it was first happening, I used to need to be reminded when you, when you have OCD, you need to be reminded, you know, their whole thing is, well, did it happen or didn't it happen? Like if you think you did, if you think you hit somebody with your car and then you say to somebody, you know, did you, who was in the passenger seat, did I just hit somebody with my car? You know, and obviously they think you're crazy or whatever, like, what the fuck? And they're like, no. And you're like, okay, good. And the thought goes away for a little bit and then something else happens and you're worried about that. So it doesn't solve any issues. By saying to somebody, just like by you coming into me every night, it was a quick fix. You know, you have to actually do the work and do go to therapy and do, you know, figure out what the issue is to really get to the bottom of it. But what you were doing was a quick was a quick fix was just getting me to calm you down in the moment. And then it would be right back to having anxiety again. But but what you're saying is true, because I was just I needed to be brought down, like, I guess, just for the moment. And then whenever it was again that it happened, yeah, I, I, I wasn't tackling the underlying thing that was causing the anxiety. Mm-hmm. I was just putting the band-aid over it by coming to you looking to, you know, be brought down. Right. Um, yeah, and just to put it in into uh, context, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, affecting 40 million adults. How many people are in the United States? 300 and something million. Okay, so 40 million of them, I, I mean, are diagnosed. That Let's say 10%. There's pro- okay, but there's probably way more than that who are walking around undiagnosed. Uh, in the United States, age 18 and older, uh, or 18% of the population. Okay. So, I don't know. Well, what classifies you? Uh, everybody has anxiety. Every Everybody worries about something. Yeah, I think well, somebody who needs, maybe, I think this is probably the, the difference of, like, these people are probably people who are seeking treatment. Okay, something. but what, what do you have any idea what, the, what that line is where it's like? Yeah, I think that that line is when you can't go. I remember the first thing my therapist asked me when I started therapy, even in high school when I was dealing with this, was, do you feel like you can't, it, does it affect your every day? Do you feel like every day of your life is affected by this i think if the question if the answer is yes or most days then you need to do something about it you know if it's if it's if it's getting in the way of your life most of the time mm-hmm. or a lot of the time and you can't enjoy yourself then that's an anxiety disorder um and only 36% of those suffering receive treatment still so that's mm. crazy um so people who know they have a problem are not seeking help. I think still. Well, first of all, it's expensive to seek help. I mean, it is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and a lot of times you're not you don't have a support network around you to, to. I mean, when I was really, really sick, my sister and my parents forced me to get help. Had they not 
forced me to get help, uh, I wouldn't have because I, I, I couldn't even, I didn't even have the, like the know how to start and, and seek help because I couldn't even pick up the phone and make a phone call. I mean, I was petrified of the yeah, telephone. Yeah, that was one of your... Yeah, I was petrified of the phone. I was petrified of, of what I was going to say on the phone, of how something was going to come across. And I mean, I could take anything and make it into, uh, you know, an, an OCD situation. Like <laughs> literally, like I say, my doctor used to be like, holy shit, you really are like the fucking OCD MVP. Like <laughs> MVP? You, yeah, <laughs> like you are the queen of OCD. I, I could take anything. I was so damn good at it. Did we tell the story about the phone on the OCD episode that, that you kept I don't on know, plugging? Can you stop playing with your armpit? It's really <laughs> gross. But it smells so good. Ew. My, my, I even <laughs> went for a run today and I got my Duke Cannon um, deodorant on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I smell yeah, good all day. D- you don't need to pull at your armpit hair. Sorry. It's pretty gross. Apologize. <laughs> no, that's going to be on the gross? next Pet Peeves episode. <laughs> All right, now that you say it out loud, it is gross. <laughs> right? It yeah. is gross. You're sitting there like playing with it like you're a gorilla I didn't or know something. I, I didn't even know I was doing it. <laughs> um, did we tell that story about the phone that you kept unplugging? I don't know if I, we did. I unplugged all our phones. Well, I remember we when we moved into a new house, not the one we're in now. Um, <laughs> not the one before that or the one before that or no, the one it was before the one that before either. This house. No, what? it wasn't. It was... Two houses ago. No, I remember exactly where it was in the other house. Yep. That we were at Pottery Barn buying things. They had this like cool retro old dial looking phone, the rotary phones. Mm -hmm. But it it wasn't. It had buttons, but it looked like one of those. And we both bought it like, oh, this is cool just for a thing to have in the house. And we came home. I plugged it in. And the next morning I looked downstairs. The thing is under the counter in a cabinet, unplugged. (laughs) <laughs> like what the fuck just happened to the, like who mm-hmm. what so i put i plugged it back in next day come downstairs same thing unplugged under the, and i said what the fuck well, is if going it's on unplugged, <laughs> i can't make any phone calls to people yeah. uh and say things that i don't mean to say yeah you were like secretly taking this phone mm-hmm. and unplugging it and putting it under the counter in the cabinet so that it can't be possibly plugged in right and it, i finally asked you what was going on yeah and and, and you were really good. I, I mean, I will say, I'll say two different things. Number one. Are they both good? No. Oh. Uh, the first one. Okay. Good Good first or bad first? I'll let you pick. You know what? Before you even say. Oh, we need to take a yeah, break already? Take a wow. Break. Okay. Yeah. We've been having so much fun. The time is just flying by. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We'll be right back. Okay. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Okay, you have two things. Yeah, did you want the good or the bad first? There's a bad. 
Oh, come on. About that time period and how you okay. were? Let's do the bad first. Yeah. Well, so the bad was that you were no help whatsoever to me right. when I was... Now the good. When I was going through it. We, you really... No, I wasn't. We, right. We talked a lot about this in the OCD episode, that I didn't know what was going on. And for, mm-hmm. First of all, we were 25. We were very immature. 27. Even more immature than we are now, which <laughs> if you mm-hmm. can see what we were like then... Um, I, I didn't get it. I didn't know what OCD was. I probably even never heard of it before. And seeing and like the irrationality of what you were doing was so foreign to me. I I, I didn't get it. I didn't know. I, I thought you were going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you also uh, at a certain, you know, I remember you saying and thinking, and I think this is, I'm not coming down on you because I think this is super, uh, I think this is, common very common for a relationship when one person is going through something like this and the other person isn't and so I think it's important to talk about because a lot of times we don't know and I think the whole problem is that you you would say to yourself oh my god why can't you just be why can't you just be happy I remember you saying to me on the phone we're gonna have a baby was when I was pregnant we have this amazing dog we did we had the best fucking dog this was like the best point of our lives like everything was good yeah yeah uh, yeah, which is the craziest part. And I couldn't, uh, may, yeah, maybe, I don't know. There were there were a few things, I think, that set off. You know, there's a lot of things that can set off uh, mental illness if you suffer from it and you have to be aware. Um, things like moving when you move. And we were in the middle of a big move. We had moved twice in a very short amount of time. And that's a big trigger for me. I know that now. That's why I never want to move again. Moving really triggers my OCD. Uh, Just everything going with it. People coming in and out of my house, strangers, having to keep my house clean, which is like, I did not get that form of OCD. (laughs) Like the cleanliness OCD. No, 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 I did not. Um, If you could move without that stuff, would it bother you? Like if if I said we're moving and the house is sold, we're moving to the next house, would that be the same? Yeah, you still have to start over and do everything over. Yes, it's very... It's, I'm just curious what the process is, like what the no, anxiety I fucking, is. I hate every aspect of moving. I despise it. Um, and we've moved five times? Yeah, but we're getting a tiny house. I will move to a tiny house eventually, maybe. We'll see. But anyway, so... I think the problem is that you were always like, I can't understand it. But here is what I'm going to say to everybody listening, every spouse, anybody who knows somebody in your life is going, you don't have to understand it. You don't have to comprehend it. Right. It, it is not, it has nothing to do with you. And if you don't understand it, it's because it's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a rational thing. You need to, try to better understand the illness. You can try to research. Like you came to therapy with me. I think that really helped. Wait, Be- is that the good? Well, that was part of the good is that oh. you you decided that you were, were going to come to therapy with me. And I think once you came and, and hearing the therapist talk and everything, I think it put it much more in perspective. And that was really, and you didn't leave me at the time. At the time, I really thought you were going to. Um, but I also think you, you need to support them. And You did leave. Well, I left because you, you couldn't take care of me. I needed someone to take care yeah. of me. I remember your dad calling me because you, you left. You moved in with them. Yeah. Well, because you couldn't. You you would. You were not taking care of me at all. 
and yeah, I needed so, that. Yeah, for the person who is watching your spouse go through what they're going through, you know, with for anxiety or anxiety or yeah, anybody, don't think you can understand what's going on because you can't. You have to learn about it and help. You're, well, but you're not going to fully understand what they're going through because it's right. not rational. That's the whole point. Right. Well, so what ended up happening why I needed to move in with my parents is that I needed someone. I knew I needed help, but I couldn't I, I couldn't get on top of it. I couldn't make the phone calls myself. I couldn't figure it out myself. I was too weighed down by everything else that was happening. And they helped me. They they made the phone calls for me to find a therapist. They, you know, they Look, look at what the person needs and 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 if they want help well then you need to be there for them for someone who doesn't want help that's a completely different situation because then you're really stuck um, because you can't just get out of it on your own there's no just waiting for it to end yeah now knowing what I know I would know in a second what to do if would this you? happened to I you do again worry about that oh sure okay oh in a second I I would I would be ready with the phone calls, the help, the whatever you, because I know what it is. Like I get what it is. Right. So I would know how to get you the proper help. And cause it could happen again. No, no. See, <laughs> of course I think about that all the time. I really do. And, but now I'm prepared and I can handle it. Right. So, because I've been there, I understand right. you it. completely wanted to escape. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happens a lot. I think in our minds, we say to ourselves, it doesn't make any sense. So I don't have to. But so for the person who for for the per, from us from a perspective of someone who deals with it, I think that you need to help them on a level of do you want me to call therapists? Do you want me to find you the best one possible? Um, do you need me to just sit and listen? Do you need me to just hug and hold you when you're feeling like that? I mean, there were times when I literally just needed to be held. My mom used to come in in the middle of the night and just hug me because I just needed to feel safe. And I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't. And she would just come in and for like half the night, she would just hold me. And I needed that so badly. Um, so I think you need to just say to the person, what can I do? And, and not try to figure it out because you're not going to figure it out. Just be there for the person and know that with help, it will get better. It doesn't last forever. There are peaks and valleys with it, but it will get better. It's not going to be like this forever. Nobody suffers from it who gets help forever. It, it, it will end, mm -hmm. but you need to help them get through that part of it. So, um, so that as a spouse who suffers from it is what I would say. That's what I needed. I needed someone who was going to listen to me. But on the other hand, I would tell you sometimes about the crazy stuff I was thinking and you didn't run the other way. You were so, you would be like, you would be, the, even though that's not what you're supposed to do. Like you're not supposed to say to the per, you know, you're not supposed to give in when you say, did I do that? Did I, did you see, did I do this or that? And you say, no, you didn't do that. Once you're in therapy, you realize that, you know, that becomes you're an enabler then and everything. But you were so patient with me in a lot of ways with all of that stuff. Oh, and tell you me still more. are. Keep going. Yeah. Tell me. How was I? Stop. <laughs> No, you still. No, are. honestly, I really. I, I'm not. I'm not just saying that to praise myself with that. Uh, no, how? there's no praise for you during that period. No, but you were saying that I was patient with you. How was I? Because yeah, I, I you would know listen to what I was going through. I think with each time, you probably thought that was the last thing. 
that, okay, if I listen to this and she gets through this and we realize and I tell her that it didn't happen, she'll be better and we could just move on. Well, no, then I found the next thing Mm -hmm. to focus on and to be have OCD about and to blow out of proportion. Mm -hmm. So you always think it's going to be the last thing. Well, no, I needed help. I needed to get back on medicine. I needed a therapist. I needed... You know, I, I needed real help. I didn't just, it's it's like we said, a quick fix to just tell somebody that it's going to be over. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So from, from uh, the perspective of somebody who's suffering from it, that's what I would say to a spouse or something. How you how can you help? You can help by doing whatever that person needs and, and understand and, and trying to figure out what's going on in their head is is not helpful. It's not helpful to anybody. What's well, yeah, helpful is h- how you respond to it. That's what you did for me. Like right. you saw that I needed help. You made the phone calls. You found the therapist. Mm-hmm. You found the doctors and you made the appointments and you did everything. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what you need to do. Because if, especially with somebody like me, because I was, I was never opposed to therapy yes you were i wasn't opposed i never have you ever once said to me can you go to therapy and i said no no i i I never said no i didn't think for me it was something that i took seriously so i didn't pursue it Mm -hmm. but once i realized this is something that I need. You didn't want to do the work, I think. Whatever it was. But I was never opposed. I was never saying, no, I will never do therapy because I'm too good for that or whatever the excuse might be. I never did anything like that. It was just, I put it off because I never took it seriously. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't opposed, but you finally put your foot down and said, no, you need therapy. You have an appointment. Here's the date and time and the location. Yeah. Go. Yeah. And I said, okay, you're right. And I went and holy shit, <laughs> what a great idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, I've thanked you for doing that for me because I never would have done it myself. Yeah, yeah. And I think also a thing that's important to understand about dealing with someone with a mental illness is that it's fucking exhausting to mm-hmm. be going, right? Mm-hmm. You know that now too. Mm-hmm. Dealing with anxiety and or depression or whatever it is you're dealing with, you know, uh, manic depression or bipolar, whatever it is you're dealing it is fucking exhausting and it's 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 on a level of that mental exhaustion when your things are going through your head all day long and just rethinking about them and tossing them around in your brain and everything is number one a total mind fuck and number two uh wears you down it wears you down yeah but not only does it wear you down but you're working all day and thinking about it all day and it where that it's they, they do you think about it at wor- when you're anxious or you do you think about it at work or it's like an escape for you at work uh it's constant really constant mm-hmm. like there's days that i'm miserable because all i'm doing is thinking about mm-hmm. all this other stuff all this other stuff my yeah. anxieties whatever and anxieties with work or you know i come home you know, some nights and I'm just, I need to crash. I need to go to bed because between working all day and thinking about things all day, it's like a double load on your fucking mind and yeah, it destroys you. I know. And that's why, like, I, I've just been, I've been so, like, I've well, been and working you're a very, lot. And you, I think you realize that with me and you're, so you're, that's why you're 
like I always say I need to nap and I am so tired and I do think a lot of it's genetic I also think I'm on medication that makes me very tired but to me the exhaustion is way better than the alternative sure um so you know I know a lot of people who it doesn't work for them it you're too exhausted and they don't you know for me personally the exhaustion is way better than what I was dealing with without the medication. Could I try and change medications and everything and not have the exhaustion and not have that as a side effect? I could. I'm too worried to fuck with it now. It works for me. Um, and you are good about you. You let me have that extra time to sleep because I need it. And I need it for my sanity and I need it for my health. Yeah, I think I was always a, I, I always questioned your napping like in the beginning, and I was always like, you're lazy, well, you're whatever. I'm also a more tired person naturally, I yeah, think. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. But you were always a napper, and I always looked down upon it, and I always thought you were, not that you were lazy as a person, because you're definitely not when you're up and active. But A uh, rugged maniac yesterday. Exactly. Thank if you. you'd see her fucking shin, and mm-hmm. f- mention it one a, more that's time. That's a badass wound. Throw up. It's so badass. <laughs> oh, God. It's disgusting. <laughs> Let's make that the picture of the podcast for this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But once I learned and realized every time that I'm home, on the at least on the weekends when I'm able to be home and give you that hour or whatever it is, because I get it. Like, I know, like me too. Like, mm-hmm. we, we both trade rest time. Whether you're napping or you're not, it doesn't matter. You, you need the downtime. Yeah. And for years now, we, we give that to each other every single weekend. We try to do something active. We try to do something fun. At least, you know, try to do something with the kids. But there's a two-hour stretch where we both need some downtime. Mm-hmm. And we do that for each other because we get it. We know. Yeah, and I'm also, I don't know if people people might agree with this. They might not agree with this. I'm really honest with our kids. And, you know, I... <laughs> shocker. <laughs> right, shocker. But they, and first of all, they know I have OCD. They've known for a long time. I mean, our seven-year-old doesn't really. He doesn't really, no. nor does he care or get right. it or anything like that. But, um, And our 13-year-old, you know, she knows that I my pregnancy with her was really hard uh, because I was dealing with this, and I couldn't enjoy being pregnant even for a moment. And I talk about it a, a little bit in the postpartum episode, and I had postpartum after the pregnancy and everything. And I'm very honest with her about it. Because number one, I, I don't I don't want to lie, and I, I think it's not something to be ashamed of. Um, number two, um, I think she kept me alive during that time. I mm. think I don't know what would have happened had I not been pregnant because there were times when I really didn't want to keep going, and none of it seemed worth it. So she really saved my life. Yeah, but I don't think you would have been as bad if you weren't pregnant. Well, because I, could, I think that. But it could have happened at another time. You know, I could have gone off my meds or something at another time for another reason that somebody could have said. You know, uh, who knows what I would have gone yeah, off but I don't for. Think, I don't think it was just going off your meds. I think the being pregnant probably enhanced the Maybe. OCD. You know, they. Fine, but lots I, of estrogen going on. But in there, there were times even before that when I was so bad with my OCD yeah. that, you know, and 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 I think that, uh, I, I want her to know that, um, you know that that it, it's something that people. I look. I want them to know first of all what I go through, um, and that I dealt with it, and that that's what you do, and that there's a chance 
that you know any there's a one in four chance you can get it if if you're someone in your family has it and I also want them to know that it's something to be ashamed of I don't want to hide it and they see me very happy most of the time and everything and sometimes when I'm crying or I'm upset and I'm suffering from whatever I'm suffering from they say what did dad do they say, what did dad do? Exactly. Right. <laughs> no, I, I, I want them to also know that, you know, it's a very real feeling and it's okay as long as you deal with it. That that's, mm-hmm. that's the part that I, you know, when they see me take my medication, they know what it's for. I'm very open about it all. Yeah. I, I don't want to toot our own horn here. I really don't. I don't like praising about how we raise kids because obviously well, we're we not don't. perfect in, in that way whatsoever but we have really fucking good kids yeah we do really good look they have their shit of course they, of course they do they're not perfect in any way but they're good people and i think that's because we're just open and honest with the kids and we're, we're letting them know the world isn't perfect this is what can happen and this is what you have to do to deal with those problems mm-hmm. um like your ocd or, you know, my anxiety or whatever it might be, you got to be honest with them. And it, it just helps them become better human beings. Well, I think. everybody has to make the decision that's right I'm for them. I'm not saying them. do what I'm saying. Right. I'm just saying this is what we this do. This is what we did. And, and they are super like, no, they never, they see me take my pill every night and they, you know, they're never, it's second nature now. Like they know this is what I deal with. Right. So they know like. All right, so if somebody has OCD, you, you, you get help and you take a pill. Right. Like, and that's or, it. There's or, no question Well, it's not just it. a pill, but yes. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm trying to simplify. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing with medication for me. This is one thing I have to say because it's the most important thing for me. Um, a lot of people fight going on medicine and they think that it shows weakness or they don't want to do it for whatever reason. And like my therapist always said to me, nobody tells an epileptic not to take their medication. Nobody tells, uh, you know, back in the day, we didn't tell people with polio not to take medication. We don't, to me, medication is a miracle. It is. I think back to when my mom was younger and she had OCD and there was no medication. And I think back to how she suffered. And so for me, God, I feel so damn lucky. I'm not again. Everybody's got to do what's right for them, but there is no shame in it. Yeah, when you have a physical ailment, nobody says there. Nobody looks down on you because you took a pain pill or right. you took a whatever to fix that thing mm-hmm. that's physically wrong with you. Mm-hmm. But because you can't see it, right? And my kids, Mia, uh, for the you know for the first half of my pregnancy, uh, I was not on medication, and I the second half of my pregnant or the really the last third I was and for my boys I was on medication. Um, they're all beautiful, healthy, amazing kids. Uh, I don't think that it harmed them at all. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling anybody what to do or not do, but um, I needed to be on medication. I did, and. It, they're they're thriving kids so right. yeah okay moving on moving on yes let's talk about anxiety uh what have we been <laughs> talking about <laughs> okay i want you to explain i thought at some point during this episode you were going to say you make me want to be a better man <laughs> i think i did that already probably and in another episode mm-hmm. should we take another break sure all right We'll be right back. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
this Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Okay, back to anxiety. <laughs> because let me tell you something. For you, all you transition like no one. <laughs> yeah. You are a master transitioner. Doing this podcast gives me extreme anxiety. Not not talking about the things that we talk about. I that it's doesn't all because bother of me. me. It's all because yeah. of you. Okay. Well these are these are things. Without was- me explaining it, you're gonna Dive in. I'm sorry. You can. Well, it's okay. Well, I, I'm going to because there are things that just give me generalized anxiety, like that that have nothing to do with, maybe it has to do with my OCD. Maybe not. It's Yeah. Yes, it I is. love everything we're doing with this podcast. I could not be more proud of it. Um, I am also the type of person who, okay, so the kind of OCD I have is scrupulosity. Oh. What? what that means is basically that you're so worried it's a it's a real thing. You can look it up. You're so worried about anybody not thinking you're a good person or that you've done something bad or you've done something wrong that you're you you're you're hyper focused on that. So things that you say, that's why I was so afraid of the phone. I was so afraid I was gonna it sounds ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but it, it's a real it's thing. It's not ridiculous, it's irrational. It's irrational. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Uh I I would think on the phone that I was going to say, I'm not the type of person at all who says something to offend someone on purpose or anything like that. I was always so worried I was going to do that, that I figure if I just don't talk to anybody, I won't ever offend anybody. No, you thought you were also going to reveal something. Reveal something that never happened. Yes. To yes. somebody on the phone, yes. not offending them, but just saying, picking up the phone, it'd be a friend and be like, hey, I just killed this guy today in my car. Right, and I didn't. Right. Right, right. Right, because that's the, where the hallucination comes in. It's so many, it's so hard to explain. There's so many levels to it. All right, get back to the podcast. Though. Okay, so the podcast thing is that sometimes we say things on here that are extremely honest, and we are we joke a lot and everything, and sometimes you can take it a step too far. Just like in the Boundaries episode, we talked about taking it a step too well, far. Uh, I always, too far in your opinion. I always know you're kidding. Well, but too far in the fact that I'm the one who deals with our own messages and stuff that sometimes I do get messages from someone saying, I listened, I loved your podcast. You said X, which was one thing, one sentence. Mm-hmm. You know, they listened to a 30-second snippet of something and are like, and now I'm not listening anymore. No, well, send them to me. I'll straighten them out. See, I would never fucking send anyone to you because it's exactly the opposite. No, of what- but I would let them know why they're wrong and I'm right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> no, I would let them know that in the context of whatever it, that it was that I said, why either it was a joke or it was an okay, exaggeration. But when somebody says that, was- they don't want to hear it. They're gone. Okay, Bye. fine. All right, but. Goodbye. Okay, I understand. Yeah. You're not I, for us. I, under, I understand all of that. Yeah. Trust me. And in my mind, I want to say the same thing. But then I also say to myself, oh, my God, I hope I didn't hurt them. And I hope I, I hope they're not hurt by us. And I hope that we didn't offend them. And, and, and I, 
I know that by virtue of us being so honest and so vulnerable, yes, people are going to disagree with us and people are going to be offended. And then I take that and I go to the nth degree with it. Um, so yeah. So, I, so when, when we release the episode <laughs> and I realize it's out into the world and there's nothing, it's gone. Poof, like yeah. d- gone. My anxiety is huge. No, it's not. On release you don't days. give a shit. Oh, no. bullshit. Because I know that on a Monday at 11 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. you're going to text me. Right. We have to take this part out because even though it's already released, now you got one message. And, and we have such amazing, we have such an amazing audience and everything, but there's always that person who's like, how could you say that? You offended me. And this is a, and you and I are both the type of people who we literally are like, we want everybody here. We are accepting of everybody. Like, for real. I don't we don't give a shit. Uh, whoever you like we want everybody here. But sometimes a word will come out of your words will come out of your mouth and then we're trying not to <laughs> It's always my mouth, huh? We're we're trying not to edit and everything, right? And and then sometimes I'm like, "Oh my god, they're going to take that the completely wrong way." And it's done. All, right. All going to be over. We don't done. Ha- we don't have production. We don't have uh, right. that's me. I, I right, we edit. are two people yes. doing this podcast. And so I'm the one who listens and edit. Well, you listen first and you say, I think we should take out this part, this part, and this part. And then I say, okay, no problem. And I go back and I edit. I take out those parts and I listen and I take out maybe things that yeah, I don't want. Yeah, you would want. like to take out nothing. Yeah, I would love to just leave it and let it go. Mm-hmm. But I listen to the things that you say and I say, I understand you have things about you have anxiety about things that you don't want in there. So I take them out and it's all good. And I edit, I release. Well, recently we haven't really been doing that. We've been just kind of releasing the episodes without much. Um, not as much as you think. No. Um, but so I did, I, I took out the things you did not want in. So I think all is well and it's released. And two hours after release, you text me, oh, my God, we should have taken this part out. Mm-hmm. We should have not have said this. Mm-hmm. We should. So <laughs> so every Monday, I know at 12 o'clock, yeah, I have to come home. We're doing something <laughs> scary. It's so, scary. Uh, so you, you, I know that you're going to text me, come home, edit this, re-release it. And like, I know it's too late for the first you know, batch of people who already downloaded the episode. All right. So I want feedback from people because I do things and I don't know, I, it makes me nervous. Yeah. So all and of we you have th- the best community, but, but there's always someone who's like, y- y- you shouldn't have said that. All of you that are listening right now, you've missed so much in every single episode you've listened to because Danielle has made me either take it out initially or Take it out after it's been released two hours later. Can you, ima- can you imagine they're listening and they're like, what else could you possibly take <laughs> oh, it out? there's so much more. If you want. They're like, you talked about anal. What else could you possibly <laughs> have talked about? Do, do you think that more should, like, do you think there's anything else that should have been taken out? Let us know. We'd love to know about that. Because no, no, I don't. I, I don't. have you, the you're, original you're episodes. You're asking for a terrible thing because okay. I don't want to know. I, I, I know the, but the problem is, is that we are so, we don't want to offend anybody. We literally are like, we love, like we literally just want everybody to feel accepted. And so I am so hyper sensitive to, well, sometimes you say stupid shit. Okay. But that doesn't make people feel not accepted. It makes people laugh at who they are. No, Sometimes it's like they know, sometimes it's, 
we live in a, a hyper vigilant okay, society. But that's why podcasting is so great compared to radio and TV because we can say whatever we want. And okay, whoever, we're going on a bunch of other big podcasts. We have a really big trip coming up. Okay. We're going on a bunch of really big Oh, podcasts. I have so many things. I am so... <laughs> I'm going to have to take a Xanax before every single one of those recordings. I've already written down the things that I want to say that are going to make so you so I am so nervous upset. because we won't be able to edit you out. Right? Yeah, I'm nervous. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. All right, what else were you going to... No, that was it. I was just... Part of my uh, my new anxiety is episode releases because I know that I have to come home from work for 20 minutes just to do a quick edit, re-release, republish. Even well, though remember when you used to come home from work so we could have sex? Yeah, that we we, we spoke about that in. I think the pregnancy and labor. Oh uh, yeah, maybe. pregnancy and yeah. labor. Yeah, yeah. That I used to come home just so we could have sex, yeah. and now you're coming home to edit. <laughs> well, things have changed. <laughs> yes, they have. <laughs> but all right. So, ge- what about like things that are just general anxiety, like things that on a daily basis, if you have to do it, you get a little bit of like an uncomfortable, anxious feeling. Yeah, releasing episodes. <laughs> yes, that is for me too. That before we release an episode, no, I am not, extremely yeah, but for different reasons. Fine. Yeah, mine is about yours you. Yours is me, and yours me is, is about, about you. <laughs> yes, yes. I need a new partner. Okay, so what else? What else gives you generalized anxiety? No, um, honestly, like nothing, nothing like specific, nothing new, nothing like I, I have the same anxiety that I did and I've always had. Like what? I. Same shit like finance and raising a family, being a provider, being like all that normal everyday shit that everybody else has Mm -hmm. anxiety about. Right. And I feel like I've been able to control it way better than I was in the past with the help of therapy. Um, So, yeah, I still have anxiety. Well, like flying gives you anxiety. No, I feel great flying. Yeah, because we have drinks. (laughs) Yeah. I know. So I feel great flying. But like that's just so funny because like for us flying sober. No, that doesn't happen. Well, like it's turbulence sober and turbulence after a few drinks is a completely different thing. You know what though? I If I had to fly sober, I, I'd still be okay with that now. I, well, you have had it. We have flown sober Yeah, but before. flying doesn't scare me anymore like it used to. Right. Um, yeah, turbulence well, doesn't and that's scare a, me. Well, that's sort of a, un, like, it's interesting because so many people are afraid of flying and we all know the, oh, so many people more, like, die in cars, yeah. whatever. We all get that. But flying is a big source of anxiety for a lot of people. Sure. So that's a big one. Yeah, but so, so flying now doesn't give me anxiety, mm-hmm. but having drinks while flying just makes it. Fun. Well, that's it. Turbulence goes from, oh, shit, am I going to die, to, woohoo, yeah. that's it? That's all you got? <laughs> exactly. That's it, right? <laughs> it makes it fun. And not that we're... But here we are. <laughs> not that we're uh, saying that you should drink during a flight. Nobody should do that. But, no, what? what? Well, Everybody should. Oh, okay. That's why there's bartenders on flights. I know, but we generally tend to... Shh, you can't oh, talk no. about that. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I get, all right. So first of all, making phone calls for me is still a huge one. Oh, oh is that why you don't talk on the phone? No, still? it's not the same thing. I'm not worried. I'm going to say something wrong. I just don't like it. Yeah. I really don't like it. Right. Uh, anything that, like, that's fine. I understand that. Grown up related. I don't like. Right. I don't like adulting things like 
going to the mailbox is remember yeah. we've talked about that i never get the mail gives me anxiety i am super nervous always about getting the mail because it's always going to be jury duty or a fucking easy pass telling me that i did, did something wrong or before a trip i get anxiety whether about we're going what? by ourselves uh i get anxiety if we're going just the two of us i get anxiety about the kids mm-hmm. and then once i'm there and i'm settled i'm fine but, you know, oh, I feel guilt about leaving and I get anxious about it. Even with if we're going with the kids, I get a little bit of anxiety because it's, you know, at like a different place. And I know that sounds ridiculous. Yep. And we're leaving the dogs, which I feel guilty about. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I, if oh, if I have too many things planned. If I have too many things planned in one weekend, there yeah, that, we- I get that because yeah. I know, number one, I, I have anxiety about that for you mm-hmm. because number one, I know you want those things to happen. Number two, I know you're not going to make those things happen. You're going to make a few no, of those no, things no. happen. There are some things that, no, no, like for instance, recently we had in one weekend, we had a wedding <clears throat> and a bat mitzvah. Yeah. And I had to, and Mia was in the wedding. Her daughter was in the wedding. Yeah. Two things you can't cancel. Like you can't cancel. Right. right. And I cancel everything. Yeah. So, you know, you really can't fucking cancel. Right. So uh, I and I knew I had to drive. It was one it was in South Jersey and it was super important to us. You know, we love the person who was getting married really like a lot. It was it was but it was getting her there, staying there. Uh, you know, I knew it, like just everything associated with it. Then coming back and getting them dressed for abutments the whole weekend. I was a mess, a mess. But I did it. I mean, I did it, which was huge to me. And I took a moment after and I was like, girl, you did it. Like, (laughs) I know. I know. I know. Because for a lot of people, that's just a regular weekend. But for me, it was a lot. And I took a moment and I was like, I'm proud of myself. (laughs) I know. You're laughing. It's, It's funny. No, but it's not because everybody can handle a different amount. And when you do something that goes above and beyond what you can handle, you should take a moment and pause and be proud of yourself. I used to have anxiety about because we text each other during the day when I'm at work and you're at home. Like, all right, even by Tuesday or Wednesday, I'll text you like, what's the weekend plan? And you'll text me back Friday. We have A, B and C. And then Saturday we have, you know. Mm-hmm. This, 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 and this, and then Sunday we have this, and I and I used to get so anxious about that because I'm like, I don't want to do all those things. I don't want to do that. Like I just, now I have to think about all those things we have to do. But now I know only like ten percent of those things are actually going to happen. Right. So I feel way better about mm-hmm. hearing those things back. So well, when I don't me, make us nearly as many plans as I used to. Right. I I, I just don't even bother. When I yeah when when I get those texts back from you, I'm like okay. All these things are happening, but no, they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that makes me so so much happier knowing at least I don't have to think about all those things actually happening. Yeah, and now I'm only friends with like people who I can cancel with. Exactly, yeah. and those are who your friends should be. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, yeah, so a few celebrities who have like horrible depression and admit to it Okay. That I think is really cool. Like, I think that, first of all, a lot more celebrities like are coming. Like real depression or trendy depression? No, trendy depression. <laughs> oh, come on. Depression is kind of trendy right now. <laughs> trendy depression. Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. Well, if it's, if it's, if trendy, uh, if depression is trendy, then I am. Right. You're amazing. on top of the trends. No, uh, Adele has horrible depression and admits to having had terrible postpartum. Okay. 
uh, Dwayne Johnson has terrible depression. Is that the guy from um, The Rock? Oh, Dwayne Johnson. I'm sorry. I thought you said Dwayne Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) A different world? Yeah. Uh, We talked about Howard Stern and Howie Mandel. So Sarah Silverman, I liked uh, a quote that she said. She said, people use panic attack very casually, but I don't think most of them really know what it is. Every breath is labored. You're dying. You are going to die. It's terrifying. And then when the attack is over, the depression is still there. I wouldn't wish depression on anyone, but if you ever experience it or are experiencing it now, just know that on the other side, the little joys in life will be much sweeter. Who is that? Sarah Silverman. Oh. And it's true. I do think that I appreciate, uh, one of my therapists one time said to me, nobody with OCD and anxiety are like serial killers. Nobody. Like, you don't, when you have OCD and stuff, you're always worried about how you're affecting the world. Right, you think you're a serial killer, right, right. but because, you're not. Because, well, you can. But you're you're so concerned about being a, a good person and you're so concerned about your actions and everything that that is one thing that's like a little bit reassuring about it is you're so anxious because you want to do good in the world. You don't want people to be disappointed with you. So have have any of them been like, well, I think I've done this, so I might as well. I don't think so. No, nobody's know. like, I oh, I live with this, and I feel like I've, I've killed so-and-so or run somebody over I, I don't know. Car. You'll be the first to find <laughs> out. <laughs> You'll be the first to go. Been like, uh, it's in my mind already, so I might as well just fucking do it. Maybe that's my well, release. Well, that's, that's the difference of it, is that. That's- like, fly to the light. Right, fly into the and light. And actually kill that person. No, no. The the difference is, is that, uh, like my, my therapist once said to me, like, you know, sometimes when you're driving a car, we all have these thoughts, right? Where you're like, if I just veer to the left right now, I could fucking hit that person, that pedestrian walking on the street. But you never do, right? Like that's, that's the difference. And then when you're in anxiety, when you have anxiety or when you have OCD, you think you did because you're so scared about doing that, that you never did. You never would. Like, that's the difference. But we all have those thoughts of, oh, I could kill that person, right? You know, like, yeah. The, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I just feel like also that every day of my life, I appreciate so much more now that I don't deal with the OCD. Like, while I don't, I'm like, oh, my God, usually I would have been, even when I'm on the Peloton bike, you think you hit somebody on their side? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> when I'm on the Peloton bike, they so you have to adjust the controls to be like, and there's the odd and even numbers like go back and forth. No, no. Bet- odd and even. Right. Bet- between odd and even, like it's like you can't ever get it on an exact number. And sometimes I'm too tired to switch it. I never would have been able to go on the Peloton bike before. Now yeah. I can go on it because I'm, oh, I, I'm not happy about it being on an even number, an odd number for a little bit. But I let it go. That I would not. I never would have been able to do it. Mm. Right. That's interesting. So now I'm so you know appreciative what? of it. When I watch TV now, I only put the volume on even numbers. Oh, good. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> like out of respect for you. Yeah. Like I don't think something's bad's gonna happen if I do it an odd number. Right. But I'm like Danielle wouldn't enjoy if I had it on oh, 13. That's really so sweet. So I put it on 14. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, Kristen Bell. Uh, it's not sadness. It's not having a bad day or needing a hug. It gave me a complete and utter sense of isolation and loneliness. And that's what it does. You feel like you're by yourself. It's debilitating and all consuming and it shut 
down my mental circuit board. I felt worthless, like I had nothing to offer, like I was a failure. That's like when we were when we were first married and I had this going on. Uh, I was like, if he leaves me, of course he's going to leave me. I don't deserve to be with him because I'm broken, number one. And number two, I'm just a pain in the ass. Well, yeah. You th- you think I thought you were a pain in the ass? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, I know you still don't. <laughs> <a pain laughs> yeah. Princess Diana, which these are the pictures that I see. So uh, when you talk about postpartum, you know how... Yeah, she you- was like, like, like way out there, right? Like, didn't she have like major issues? She had major postpartum and she was one of the first to come forward about it. Yeah. But also... You know those pictures that they, t- they take with the royal family, like right after they have a baby, like two seconds later they're outside, like posing for pictures. Yeah, and stuff. I saw that latest one. Yeah, with Meghan Merkel. Yeah, like she looked perfect, and she yeah. was yeah. Well, imagine if you have postpartum and you have to go out and do that in front of the world, I right? Can't. Well, you can't right. for sure. But for real, that upsets me so much because what if they're really struggling and then they have to go out there and take those pictures and everything? Well, okay. Oh, you're going to get yourself yeah. safe? I'm not we're not releasing this episode. <laughs> uh, she said I was un- I was yeah, unwell. I'm part of the royal family. Wah. No, don't do that. No, fuck that. Okay, listen. All right. <laughs> oh my I, god, I'm I having won't. so much anxiety right okay. now. I won't get into it. No, come on. That she fell in love with a not 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 Diana. She she got the shit end of the deal. But No, I'm talking about Diana, not um what's well, her name? She didn't want to be married to Charles. She didn't love him. All right. Royal family, I don't I'll, I'll keep out of it. Yeah, she has, she was treated horribly. Um <laughs> okay. she was. Okay. What? All right. Don't go don't you dare say anything <laughs> bad about Diana. I would never say anything bad about Diana. I I have issues with being part of the royal family. Oh god. Sorry. Ugh. You're so annoying. I know. Okay, uh, she said... I just love everybody. I think everybody should no, be on don't. the same You're page. Annoying. Yeah. Um, nobody should be royal. Oh, my God. I'm just saying. Nobody should be royal. But that's fun. The royal family is Oh, fun. it's so fun. They're they doing have, really good things now. Oh, that's so great. So they take in billions of dollars, and they give out millions of dollars. So all the p- other people who have nothing, good for them. Um, they're so... Phila- All right, ph- worry about your own philanthrop- government, philanthrop- really. Philanthropist? Philanthropic. Philanthropic, thank wow. you. Wow. I was unwell with postnatal depression. This is back in the nine, like in the early 90s before any of this Wait, was even out. Diana, she said, I was unwell with postnatal depression. For a royal to come out like that and say that was huge, uh, which no one ever discussed, and that in itself was a bit of a difficult time. You'd wake me in the morning. Uh, I'm sorry, you'd wake up in the morning Feeling you didn't want to get out of bed, you felt misunderstood and very low on yourself. When no one listens to you, you feel like no one's listening to you. All sorts of things start to happen. For instance, you have so much pain inside yourself that you try to hurt yourself on the outside because you want help, but it's the wrong help you're asking for. She just like, I feel so bad for her because she was in a situation where she couldn't even show that she was struggling. Oh, fuck you. No, um, that's fine. Listen, as a person and as her suffering, I feel awful, and I I think it's terrible. I, I don't want anybody, one person specifically, to struggle like that. As a royal family thing, I and she no, can't take she's a so picture. Good. I don't I don't know much about Princess Diana. Yeah, you I really shut up. don't. I, I I don't. I I I have nothing against her. I have nothing against 
anybody specifically within the royal family? Well, there are people. Henry VIII, you can have something against. He was a fucking asshole. Okay. Then he, I smite. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I smite thee. We should end this before okay. it gets any worse. <laughs> I, I'm done. So unless you have anything else. There's so much else we can I have do. more royal family stuff if you want to hear it. Yeah, no, no one wants okay. to hear it. Do you have anything else you wanted to add about? No. Okay. I'm good. I, uh, I, I will do more episodes about it. I just want people. I do have really, more. What, yeah. But, but the, I want to save it. The real thing I want to put out there is if someone you know is struggling, you need to just put aside whatever it is you're feeling about it and go. And if they are willing to help themselves, you need to help them too. Like you need to say, what do you need from me? Because um, they can't do it without you. And, and, and the sooner you help them, the sooner it will be over yeah and don't if this is new to you like dealing with a family member or a spouse or whoever it may be it's really hard to try to understand what they're going through don't don't separate yourself just ask and say how can i help you mm-hmm. what can i do mm-hmm. that's it because once you do that you're both going to be way better off because if they get the help that they need like we both have Things will get better. I promise. Yeah, promise. it does get better. It's not forever. And I remember being in the midst of it, in the depths of it. And, somebody, and it seems like forever. And people said to me, you're not going to feel like this forever. And I didn't believe them. It's true. It's you're easy not. to believe that, mm-hmm. that you're not going to be better forever. Right. All right. Okay. Good. Well, anybody struggling out there, we love you. We are with you. You are not alone. Yeah. Contact us at uh, dradamanddaniel.com. No. No. <laughs> no, but contact us if you need no, to. Honestly, we've yeah. already had. We have thousands of people contact us. But I want you to know you are not alone and it is okay and you have nothing to be ashamed of. Oh, God. Don't even think for a second you need right. to be ashamed. And also, uh, if you could hit the subscribe button, <laughs> <laughs> rate us at uh, Marriage of Martinis. What? Rate and review. Yeah. Yeah. At Marriage of Martinis. No. On, on Wherever iTunes. you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Marriage of Martinis. Okay. On, on wherever you listen to podcasts. There you go. There you go. Okay. Yes. Thanks, guys. And we love Anything you. Else? And uh, we're with you. Would anybody buy a Marriage of Martinis t-shirt? Oh, for the love of God. Like, I was, I was thinking about, like, designing one and setting something up. Because I think we need Team Adam, Team Danielle shirts. I think we just need Team OCD, Team Anxiety. <laughs> Let us know. Because we, we've gotten messages because people do want them. Yes. There are people who want. So we should do martinis. that. Yeah, that'd be I fun. Co-ed naked marriage of martinis, like when we were in high school. Co-ed oh, we should have a us. mud run for marriage of martinis, like a mm. team, right? The marriage of martinis mud run team. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. All right, we're done, right? I'm done. How's your armpit hair doing? <laughs> I haven't touched it. It's since long. You wow, you have long armpit hair. Holy shit! I have long. I hair. think you should groom there too. It I shouldn't do. just be. I do. That's after grooming? No, I haven't groomed in like a month. Oh my God. I'll go groom right now. That's some long armpit hair, dude. You know what that means? Long armpit hair, small penis. Okay, anything. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's it. All right. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we have have way more to talk about anxiety. I know, way more. We'll do more episodes. Okay. And we're going to bring some experts in too. We look, we like to. Break it up. Some experts, some us fuck-ups. That's it. I'm Ashkenazi Jew, so we're hairy. Okay? 
I'm not hairy. I have no hair. Look, I'm Are like you a 100% fetus. Ashkenazi yes, Jew? Yes, I am. Look, I'm a fetus. My stupid 23andMe thing was 100% Ashkenazi Jew. Oh, me too. Eastern European. And my European. parents are uh, fifth cousins, turns out. Oh, wow. Yeah. That makes no sense. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks. Love you. Yeah.